Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to You Know It's Fake, Right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Brian Breaker, and this week, do we ever have a special guest? The one and only Nate from Ring Skirts. Yes, you are hearing that correctly. Um, In a <laughs> very bizarre turn of events, um, because I don't... When I record these episodes, kind of what I do is I basically record the episode with the individual and kind of put it on the list as, like, the bottom. Like, the the, the most recent one will be at the end, and then the next one, and so on. And so I recorded this with Nate quite a while back, and more recently I recorded a podcast with him for my other show, the TV Toycast. They'll both be dropping this week, oddly enough, and it was not planned. People may not believe that, but it's the truth. It was not planned, but... um. So you're going to get a double dose of Nate from Ring Skirts, so I think everyone will enjoy that. Nate's a great dude, um, super fun to talk to. He's the first, I guess, figure photographer that I'm talking with, and if people aren't familiar with that, uh, Nate builds, I mean, he builds stuff. I mean, he builds, like, you know, arenas and custom entrances and all kinds of cool stuff to take photography of his action figures. It's a really cool thing that he does. He, we kind of dive into that. We dive into wrestling fandom and... um and then we also dive into to who Nate is, like as an individual, like his his job and how people interact with him, with his job. Because you know he, he's not just a figure photographer. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he would love to do that, but that's not exactly how he pays the bills. That's his hobby. That's what he does to unwind from a day of work, like most of us do. We all have our hobbies. So, um, like I said, Nate's a really fun guy to talk with, and I think everyone will dig this. And I'm sure he'll be on again soon. Um, and and of course Thursday don't uh don't miss him on the TB Toycast. We dive into a uh, toy line called Food Fighters, which I was not real familiar with actually when we started the show. I had heard of it, but didn't know much about it. And um Nate had actually hit me up and said, "Hey, this is a line you guys need to cover because it's from the I think it came in in 89, so the late 80s, but it's very unique. It's like food, but they're kind of turned into, you know, like they have arms and legs. I don't know. I was going to say people, but that's not the right word, but it's like food. So it's like, you know, burger deer general and Lieutenant leg. And it's like a chicken leg and mean wiener. <laughs> he's a, he's a hot dog. And then uh private pizza. Who's a slice of pizza. So it's pretty fun. And uh, so me and Travis were, you know, like, okay, that could be kind of fun. And Travis was kind of giving Nate crap on the show the last few weeks, knowing that it was probably coming up. And, uh, <laughs> It was great, like, being able to talk, um, you know, Food Fighters was so much fun, and I think you guys will enjoy it, too. Um, it's going to be a really fun episode of the TV Toycast, so definitely check that out coming up on Thursday. But I'm not going to waste any more time here. Let's kick it over to my conversation with the one and only Nate from Ring Skirts. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the one and only Nate from Ring Skirts. Nate, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Good to be here with you. Dude, it's been a while since we talked last, what, a couple of years maybe? No, it was a year. It was one year because the world was on fire the last time we talked. Oh, that's right. Yes. We were uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of uh, COVID riots, right, or something like that? Yeah, it was very memorable in my mind. Yeah, it was. It was a weird time. Which, I mean, you know, like I've always kind of been of the belief that podcasting and stuff like that's kind of a good distraction from real world problems, or at least that's what I hope that it is for people. You know, like let's – it's just as a healthy distraction. It sure was for me that night. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, this is a new podcast. So I wanted to have you on. Um, if anyone doesn't know, let's kind of give a brief uh, introduction. Um, me and you kind of got acquainted through the world of Twitter. You were kind of one of the first figure photographers I ever saw. You do some pretty cool uh, pretty cool stuff with wrestling rings and things of that nature. Um, if anyone has not checked it out, I mean, I've, the War Games cage will always be a favorite of mine. I know you've done... I think WrestleMania nine, you were actually working on when we talked last and then you ended up right. showing that off. So you've done some really cool stuff with that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, those projects, they're so fun. Yeah. Uh, they can be frustrating, but when I pull them off, it's very fulfilling. Well, I know also recently you, uh, you debuted the uh, blimp, the old, the classic like mid nineties blimp, right? Right. Yeah. I got the stride X. Uh, arena blimp. Uh, I'll change it out with various logos when I do some more new gen shots. See what's so that was such a weird thing to me because I was like, you know, the blimp is fun, but that would suck if that's like right in front of you the whole night <laughs> when you're trying to watch. Well, that was the fun thing about it. It was it moved. It wasn't stationary. It, but it was just such a such a random thing. Like, why do they have a blimp out there? <laughs> But you know, I think back in the nineties we didn't we didn't question that stuff. We just we just enjoyed it for what it was. Sure. Yeah. That's all it took. I mean, at that time, like their set pieces and things they had in the arena were so minimal. Whenever they had something like that, I always remember noticing it. Like when they when they first invested in the the spotlights of like different wrestlers' logos that would spin around in the ring, I thought that was cool as all hell. Oh yeah, man, me too. I remember that. For sure, in probably like '96, I feel like WrestleMania 12 era, you'd see like, yeah, like the million dollar corporation, the, the dollar, dollar signs, right? I was like, we are in the future. <laughs> <laughs> or or Sid, he had the pyro that spelled out Sid. Uh huh. Yeah. Super cool. I mean, you know, once in a while, all the letters were lit at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you'd always kind of see it kind of like, oh, the eye's not quite, there it is. Okay, now it's connected. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. I miss those days, man. Um, do you ever, yeah. like, are you a fan of the current day product? I mean, is it something you, is it Destination Television for you? Do you watch as much as you did back then? What's your what's your, what's your your jam these days? Um, I never stopped. I still watch every week. I don't necessarily pay as much attention from week to week as I used to, but I do watch at least one of the two main shows every week. Do you feel like it's, is it harder to, to sit through? And I don't know if that's because of like, we grew up in a different era or, or what it might be, but to me it's, it's still like, it's, I was at SmackDown live this week. I mean, like I was there and I was mm-hmm. just like, man, this is not, I'm not, it's not a knock on the guys. It's just, this isn't exci- as exciting to me as it used to be. 
I think part of it's just getting older. I mean, none of us have the time to be as invested as we were at that age, you know? Well, that's all, that's very true. I remember having a just a random blank tape and anytime wrestling was on, I would uh I would tape it and then if I was going to miss it, you know, I'd just retape over the same tape. And mm-hmm. for some reason I wasn't able to record SmackDown that week. I felt like my world was going to collapse. Sure. And yeah. you know, looking back it's like it's not that big a deal, but for some reason back in that day, and I'm talking like 99 2000, I couldn't miss those shows. And you know, it's also a sign of the time. I mean, at that time, if you missed the show, it was gone. You were going to see it unless you saw it on the recap show or if you saw something in the magazine or on the website about it. There wasn't Hulu, there wasn't a network that you could see it on eventually. It was one and done. True. It definitely was. It was it was a different world. Um as you uh, you know with with your you know being a fan still and watching um all the time has your fandom ever like wavered where you're just cuz I know some people go through that where they're like I'm just not into it anymore I'm done and then they pick it back up later and they're they're a big fan again has that for me I I've gone in ebbs and flows where there's times where I'm not as big a fan but I'm always keeping up with it in some way Now I've always equated it to like a a religion to me like even if there's times when I'm not believing wholeheartedly I'm still going every week, okay? I'm still keeping up, and I'm still enjoying it. And even though I might not enjoy it as much as I once did, there are enough moments that happen that pull me back and get me to enjoy it in a moment. No, I, I can I can understand that for sure. Like, there's enough there to to keep you somewhat invested or get into the stories and such. Um, when you uh, when you first got into the wrestling industry, about what? What era was that? Was that kind of like, were you kind of a golden era kid like myself? Yeah, I was on the cusp. Uh, the first pay-per-view I really remember watching was, uh, I always forget the number. I think it's SummerSlam 91, Match Made in Heaven, Match Made in Hell. Fantastic. Is that the right number? Fantastic. 91? Yep, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I remember seeing the build-up to that, so... Somewhere in '91 or late '90s when I started watching, so that was that's one of my favorite eras. I think mostly because I remember a lot of that because I I was a fan before, but there's a lot of stuff like I don't ever remember seeing Macho Man wrestle in trunks. I only remember him wrestling in like the full on crazy mm-hmm. jacket and crazy pants. Obviously, I you know I had the figure of him in trunks, but. That's not like my first memory. So the 91 era will always be my favorite, I think. It's all a blur to me what I remember seeing first because once I got hooked, I was going to the video store every week and renting all the stuff they had no matter how old it was. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing is like I don't know how your video store was, but mine's like five or six tapes. So it's like, okay, I'm going to watch all of these and then go back and watch them all again. (laughs) I guess I was blessed because I had a number of video stores in my small town and I had lots of wrestling that I could watch. Well, see, and that's, that to me is such a, an interesting thing. Cause I, you know, we were talking before we recorded about how like young people consume entertainment. Um, would it have been different for us if we had means of like YouTube and the network and, you know, Peacock or all this other stuff, like we had to seek out wrestling, right? It wasn't on every night of the week. If it was on, it was maybe an hour show, sometimes like Saturday morning. So 
that's what we did. We sought out tapes and magazines because we wanted to consume this, and there really wasn't as many ways as there are today. You know, I don't know the answer to that, but I know it would be for my life. I would not have any success if I had access to all the wrestling that's available now as a kid. Right. I would have got no homework done. I would have accomplished nothing in my life. <laughs> it's, but it's almost, and it's a in a weird way. It, it's almost so much out there that you can't keep up with it. So I wonder if it would have burned us out, you know, more so because to me, if I had a, a weekend and it was like summertime and I was able to rent like three wrestling tapes, that was a great weekend. You know, that brings up another point, which is the idea that there's no time restriction to it. Right. When you know that it's always there and available, mm-hmm. you have less of a drive to go and see it because you know, you can see it some other time when you have the time or right. feel, you know, I mean, there's this quote, I don't know where it comes from, but it, it says the idea that if time becomes meaning or limitless, it becomes meaningless. If we have too much time, it doesn't have the value that we hold it for. Well, and, and see, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, but with any videotape rental, as you know, it was what, two or three days. Yeah. So it wasn't like you're like, oh, I'll watch that later. No, you're watching that the second you get home. You watch it at home, and when it was me, you were trying to watch it three or four times. <laughs> right, yeah, and I, I remember uh, there was one video store, as I got a little older, that had a ton of wrestling tapes, but we didn't get to go there a lot because it was a little on the out on the other side of town, so it was one of those things, like, my parents aren't going to go to, like, the other video store because, like, well, we just go to this one. Like, well, this one has more wrestling tapes. So occasionally I talk my dad into going there, and... And that's where I could rent like three or four tapes, but it's like, oh, they're due back in, well, those are not new releases, so they're due back in five days. And I'm thinking like, I'll have these knocked out like in two days. <laughs> but, you know, but it was that thing of like you, like you said, like with time, like if it's on YouTube, oh, I'll watch that later. Or if it's on the network, like every pay-per-view ever is on there. And I, I remember when they launched the network thinking like, man, I cannot wait to watch all the WrestleManias and all the Survivor Series and there's a lot of those I still haven't watched, and it's been several years now because they're always available, and I can watch them whenever I want to. It's just finding the time. Right. So, yeah. It's all about time. That's our, our one limited commodity. So you were talking about video rentals. I want to share something really briefly that kind of goes back to that time. I remember waiting for WrestleMania 11 to come out because I didn't have pay-per-view access at my house. Um so I always waited for them to come to the video store. And I was waiting, waiting, waiting for maybe 11 to come out. I wanted to see it so bad. And I was calling the local video store asking if they had it. And finally the guy said, yes, we have WrestleMania 11. I said, will you hold it for me? I said, yeah. So I go down, ride my bike to the store, get it, come home, realize the guy didn't know his Roman numerals. Oh, he went to WrestleMania 9. <laughs> Oh man! You know what I did? Fantastic! I watched it two more times again. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you had it right. You're kind of like, ooh, Steiners and the Headshrinkers. Let's do it. You know, that's unbelievable. But I could totally see that happening. You know, Um, yeah, he just reversed the uh, X and the I. Well, and that that's funny is I, I'm sure your my video store was just a tape with like a clear case 
So unless you looked closely, you probably didn't even notice. Sure. Yeah, and well, and like even that story of like riding your bike there, like that isn't even something you would do in 2021, right? Or let your kids do ride the bike to the video store. It's a, it's it's yeah. like a do- totally different time period, you know. I mean, are- it is, but it's it just seems like it was such a long time ago. Yeah, definitely crazy. But um, being a wrestling fan, um, obviously, I think that led into you know figures, and we'll we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but. Um, you know, the main part of the show is we call it, you know, it's fake, right? Because I feel like anytime someone found out I was a wrestling fan or when I was getting into the wrestling business, I mean, I've gone through all these different scenarios. Um, you know, I've had people come up. This is like, no lie. I've had people like at my job this year come up to me and explain to me how wrestling works. And I'm like, I'm just staring at them. Like, you, I mean, you're explaining to me how this works, that you, and you have no idea. It's just so, it's so astonishing to me how interesting of an industry wrestling has become. So, for you, like just being a, a you know kind of a fan and you know kind of getting into figure collecting and things like that, what's that been like when people, you know, if they find out you're a wrestler, wrestling fan, or they find out you do these these customizations or or things like that? Before I go to that, I want to go to your stories. You've shared a number of stories about like how people have reflected wrestling back to you and how the insulting things that they say to you that they don't even realize are insulting. I've related to that myself with my own personal and professional life. Um, I don't do what you did. I had no experience doing that and put my body through that. But my, my shoot job, so to say, is I'm a psychologist. I'm trained as a psychologist. And... I've had similar things, and I liken it to the idea that, I mean, they're both kind of things that people have limited access to or limited experience with. Unless you're a super fan of wrestling, what you know about wrestling is what you've seen come across your TV from time to time. Sure. And that's the same thing in my field. More so nowadays, there are more people that have seen a psychologist or have rubbed elbows with a psychologist from time to time, but... For older folks or people from my generation, their exposure to a psychologist was Frazier or Dr. Phil, you know? It's what they saw on TV. Which, and, that's, that, and that's such an interesting thing because you're right. Like, they think they have a very certain connotation to, to that and, you know, probably shrink and, and weird words like that kind of come to mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean... I've had those same kind of insulting things that people don't realize are insulting. The one I've gotten the most often is someone will come up to me who kind of knows what I do and they'll say, you know, I always thought I could do that because I give really good advice. (laughs) And I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, I went to school for nearly a decade to learn how to give advice. No, man, that's not it. That's not it at all. But it's that weird thing of like, you're probably just kind of nodding along. Like this is an actual conversation I'm having right now. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you just kind of get through it. Um, yeah. My favorite experience like that is I was at a family reunion. My family reunion is kind of extended. So you go there, there'd be a hundred or some people, some of the people you'd know, some of the people you just kind of recognize. Sure. And I had this guy that kept like passing by me, giving me the side eye. And then he got closer and he said, 
what am I thinking? And then he walked away. <laughs> and then he came by again. He came even closer. He said, what am I thinking? And I said, I don't know, probably not too much. And then he walked away. And then it clicked to me. I said, okay, I know what happened. This guy knows what I'm training to do. He's confused the term psychologist with psychic. Yes, that's and exactly what I thought. Psychic with mind reader. <laughs> wow. All three are different things. <laughs> I mean, like, that's like, it's like something out of like a, a movie or a sitcom, right? Like you think, like, I couldn't imagine. And like, here's the thing. I think because of my time in pro wrestling, I'm very perceptive of maybe a more obscure career. If someone told me like, Hey, I'm pursuing this guy, friends who pursue music and stuff. And, and you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm perceptive of that. Cause I get it because I was trying to make a career in pro wrestling, but I feel like I would think, and maybe this is where I'm different. Like if someone told me you're a psychologist, I wouldn't be like, Oh, you're like Dr. Phil. That would not at all enter my mind. Cause to me, that's a TV persona. <laughs> You know, like that's not that's not at all the same thing, I wouldn't think. But you know, you have some understanding of like entertainment, right. you know, and how stuff works. And I get where people come from. They they're working with what they've been exposed to. So speaking of that, and I, I have told a lot of stories. I have not told this one yet. So this will be an exclusive for this episode. This Ooh. and I just remembered this the other day. Um I, my mom knows a lady who, um, very nice, but never totally understood like pro wrestling, I guess, which a lot of people don't. And I, and I get that I was going as she, she worked at, she worked at the building that they, they brought the shows to. She worked in like the, uh, the booking area, I guess maybe like she would book shows for the local arena that that they would come do shows at. So she booked like concerts and things of that nature at this building. Yeah, sure. And so she would always kind of tell me like, Hey, just so you know, WWE's coming on this date and it would be like several months in advance. And so I always kind of had a heads up when they were coming to town, which was great. And, and she was very nice and you know, and all that stuff. But I remember I was like 17 or 18 and she told me like, if you want to go down there while they're eating and catering, I can get you down there. And even back then I was like, okay, but I have like no business there. <clears throat> you know what? I, like, wouldn't that be, I would probably get thrown out, you know? And, and, and even at the time thinking like, well, that's probably not a good idea to just, you know, go show up while they're all eating and just like go ask for autographs. I, I, I assume that's what she thought, but again, maybe that's not understanding the business, but even more so it gets better. I was coming back through Tulsa. I was going to be an extra, which if anyone doesn't know, essentially is you get booked through WWE to go for that day or two days for TV. You're there. If, if they need you a security guard or backstage, kind of just walking in the background during a segment, things like that. And they pay you a little bit of money to be there. So, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy, but it, it's, it's kind of a fun experience. And sometimes if you're lucky, you'll get a little bit of time in the ring. She calls me. Hey, or she'd message me or something. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, okay. So she calls me. She was like, so my really good friend's son loves John Cena. Could you get his autograph for him? <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, 
it really doesn't work that way. It would really mean a lot if you could get it for him. And I'm like, I'm sure that it would, but I can't just go up and ask for John Cena's autograph. <laughs> and, and, and like, she's not grasping why I can't do this. And I'm like, well, it's like, I'm at, I'm at work though. I mean, yeah, it's wrestling and I'm, there is an extra, but I can't, I, that's just not something I can go do. And like, right. we're going back and like, forth. And she was like, I have always thought John Cena was very good with his fans. I'm sure he would be fine to do it. And I'm like, you're not understanding like the position you're putting me in. And like in, in her mind, you're a part of wrestling. You're going there. There's no more than like 10 wrestlers that are in the wrestling. So you can ask one of those wrestlers. Well, I mean, you're, you're not in the business, but you laughed as soon as I said that because it's like, you can't, you can't go do that. Like I, I could like, number one, like, what if I never see him? Am I going to knock on his dressing room door? Like, Hey, would you mind signing this for some kid? I don't know. Um, and I was just like, I mean, it's equivalent to saying like, so I heard you're on city council. Right. Can you yeah. give me the president's autograph? Right. Yeah. It's that we, it's that just over the top weird request that you just, I'm like, and again, being a, someone in the industry, even when I was not in the business, I never assumed certain things like that. So when I get those, probably similar to you, when you went to school to do your, your job, you probably didn't assume people would like, Hey, tell me what I'm thinking. You know, like you can't, you can't assume these, these weird things sometimes. And so I'm just thinking like, how am I supposed to even, and, and like, she was, I think not mad, but like upset that I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do that. You know, like she, almost like she wouldn't take no for an answer. Probably because she already told him, Oh, he'll do it. You know? And it's like, no, I can't do that. And then I got to explain to, you know, my mom, like, no, that's not something I can do. Again, you know what I mean? It's not like she was like, well, why not? I mean, it was just like, you don't understand. Like, I'm trying to get a job. Last thing I want is negative attention, you know? Um, it's just such a, a random, weird thing that we sometimes experience in wrestling. Like, never in my life would Even, I have guessed that, but there it was. Like, to assume that you would have the opportunity to do that. Just because you're there in that capacity doesn't mean you're going to come across, like, the star of the show. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's such a weird thing. And, you know, and I've, and I've experienced just honestly doing the show, I think a new, new things all the time, but that was one I thought of the other day. And I was like, man, if that ever comes up, I can't wait to tell that story because that was just such a, and I think, I think on her at level and she's not a nice lady, don't get me wrong, but she, right, sure. she would, um, you know, I always paid for the tickets, but she would she would, you know, reserve some for me to get me good seats. And, and like, I always appreciated that and said, thank you. And I'd send her thank you cards and stuff, but it's like, okay, maybe you're, you're trying to cash in on a favor here. And I, and I get that, but it, this is not something I can do. This is not, if I was with the company, that's different. I'm not, I'm, I'm there for the day. It, it just, like I said, I, and I've heard of situations where extras got in trouble and they all got thrown out. Um, sure. there was a situation one time, some of the guys I know, you know, you show up, there's other extras there. You assume they're supposed to be there cause you don't know who's going to be there. I guess two of them weren't on the list. They snuck in. So they threw all of them out. Um, that's just like, wow. And they're like, yeah, like we didn't know. And I'm like, well, of course you would, you would have no idea. You just see another guy there. You talk to him, you assume he's supposed to be there. And that's, that's what it is. And 
I mean, the way it sounds like to me, it sounds like you're on a job interview. Of course, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Would you ask for somebody's autograph on a job interview? Would you say, hey, thanks for interviewing me. Can I talk to your boss and get an autograph from him today? It, well, exactly. And, and again, like with a job interview, as anyone knows, like you kind of go in, you want to represent yourself the best way you can, you know? Probably want to wear clean clothes, probably want to have an iron shirt, you know, like little things that, that can go a long way to represent yourself the best way possible. You certainly don't want to do something that's going to give give them a negative impression right out of the gate. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I just I just always thought that, that was so strange. But but, you know, again, I've, I've had so many different. I guess people tell me different things about wrestling. Like I was saying before about my boss, what he was doing was explaining to me how the tombstone pile driver worked. And, and every few seconds he's like, and I don't, I don't have to tell you like, you know, if, if he don't hold him just right, well, his head's going to hit the, hit the mat. And I'm like, yeah. And I don't have to tell you. And I'm like, I know, but you are, <laughs> like, you are telling me. <laughs> and, uh, and this made some guys laugh one time, but I was in there and I, I worked with mostly, mostly guys at my job. And one of the guy, and he starts kind of going over all these stories about, you know, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell you. And he was like, what's the, what's the craziest thing about wrestling? I was like, you want to know? He was like, yeah, it was like this conversation. <laughs> and he just kind of looks at me weird. And I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. But like, I was kind of like half joking because it's just, it's always that way. Or, Hey, what's your, what's your wrestling name? And I'm just like, oh. it just, and I don't know why. But I think pro wrestling just has that weird perception to some people that if they don't get it, they just don't get it, and they probably never will. Well, hey, it, it's a it's a shiny new thing to a lot of people. It's something foreign that they don't have much experience with. So I think you're just dealing with a combination of ignorance and curiosity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're definitely definitely not wrong there. Um, Let's kind of let's kind of transition into some of the figure photography stuff. Um, where did where did where did you start with that? I mean, obviously you have a a job that you know a lot of schooling and stuff. Is this kind of like an unwind at the end of the day type of thing for you? Yeah, it's always been my escape. It's been my escape since I mean, since I was in school as a kid. You know, I'd come home, I'd do this on the weekends, not necessarily photography, but playing and setting up scenes and trying to make pieces of what looked like an arena as a kid. I mean, setting up cards, thinking about storylines and things like that. That's what kind of took me away from the question stuff. Well, and, and I know like you, you've done some, some really cool stuff like, and I, and I, I feel like today's era is so different because all the sets kind of look the same, but I love like when you did WrestleMania four because mm-hmm. they had the steps, right? Like that was, and you know, that was so, that's funny. the reason, that's the reason why I did like, because when you're looking at what are you going to do next, mm-hmm. you have to have like a focal point, right? Because I'm not going to be able to get every detail of everything, but if you can find like one detail, like those yellow steps, that's enough where most people who know are going to look at it and say, that's Trump Plaza. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, like I said, I know you've done WrestleMania nine, which, you know, we kind of, we obviously had a fun laugh about that VHS tape from earlier, but like that was not, in my opinion, the greatest WrestleMania, but 
it was one of the coolest sets because it was kind of an all encompassing um, show in the, in the fact that it kind of had a theme and not many WrestleManias, especially in that era had a full theme. Right. And they went all out. And I'm, I'll say that any WrestleMania since that has had a theme has not gone as deep as WrestleMania nine did as someone that tried to recreate it. Having to make togas for cameramen and announcers and Howard Finkel and Roman pillars and statues, they went all in. And and to me, like that, that was a, such a fun thing about that. And I don't know if that was their plan all along because that year's WrestleMania was a little lackluster. I've always thought, but the set, the outside aspect. You know, Bobby Heenan riding in on like a camel or something like there was a lot of cool things happening that night, even though the wrestling itself may have not been the greatest. And, you know, what do you remember from it? Do you remember the wrestling for every WrestleMania? That's true. Maybe you not. Sometimes, sometimes you do. But you remember the look of WrestleMania. Not. Yeah. You remember, like, I'll always remember, you know, Heenan coming in backwards. I remember, you know, Macho Man kind of coming in like a king. I remember, right. of course, you know, Howard Finkel. I remember Doink doing the painting on the uh, statue. Um, uh-huh. you, you know, The Undertaker with the black bird, which was just incredible. Uh, uh-huh. like, there's a lot of aspects of that I do remember. But, of course, you know, I've always felt like Vince has had the mindset of, like, no, I'm doing entertainment. I'm not doing, quote, unquote, wrestling. So it kind of does fit in line with what I think he always has wanted to produce as for his shows. Yeah, Exactly. So, um, you know, the figure photography, I, like you said, kind of came later. Um, what was that like when it kind of started to take off a little bit and people started really digging what you were putting out there? You know, because there's been a lot – you've done a lot of cool stuff. And I noticed you kind of you kind of stick with a theme and you, you do that for a while. Then you kind of move on to the next event and post pictures of that and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, the reason that I do it that way is that just fits with my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It takes – a lot of time to set up an arena. Sure. And I don't always have a lot of time to set it up. So when I set it up, I'm going to do a lot with it so that I can enjoy it. To take some photos, I can come down and take a dozen photos in a half hour, 20 minutes when I have the time. Mm-hmm. But so when I have a setup, I'm going to have a setup for a while. So, so you set up, let's say WrestleMania nine, and are you are you looking at like okay well they crush Russell Doink on that show so those are the figures I'm going to use and you kind of just maybe take your pictures and then maybe the next day you do another match and and then just kind of post the pictures yeah. as you can type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I kind of set up the card. Um, of course, with WrestleMania Nine, that was a whole months and months of work just to make the set. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I set up the card and I kind of take the pictures at my leisure. And I try to post them. I try not to dump them all at once. I try to which I th- actually I like that every aspect hour. where it's like every every maybe day or two there's something new up. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean I'm sure there's some people that are like, oh, I'm sick of seeing pictures of these same two figures. But for me, it's like, hey, part of it's for you, but part of it's for me too. Sure, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm happy. I'm doing it the way I like to do it. If you don't like it, you don't have to look at it. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, before. Before social media, I was kind of doing the stuff anyway. I would take a picture every now and then and post it to one of the forums. Yeah. The forums didn't get all that much traffic, but when I started sharing on Twitter, I got a lot of people that responded and enjoyed it and told me that 
it reminded them of things that they had as a kid or reminded them of the shows or took them back to certain memories. And the most gratifying thing I hear from people is every once in a while someone will say, I scrolled past this picture about a dozen times on my feed because I thought it was a photograph from the event. Oh, man, that's cool. And when I hear something like that, I'm like, that's so gratifying. Oh, yeah. Well, and and I think that's the that's the whole thing is like to me – Again, I kind of go back to what we talked about earlier. To me, like podcasting, figure photography, wrestling figures in general, any of that stuff is all kind of my escape from reality. So whatever crazy things happening in the world, like I would much rather see, you know, WrestleMania 9 or, you know, I I know some of the last pictures I saw were like uh, the two ring Crockett event. You know what I mean? Like that's... That's more entertaining to me than what's happening now. Like, as we record this, they just did that new generation WWE arena through Mattel Creations. And that's, like, all I saw on Twitter for probably two days. But I'm like, I'm okay with that. I would rather see that than, you know, something negative all the time. So, to me, like, that's what it's about. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, How long do you – like, when you are doing a a, something new – like, do you like, like for WrestleMania 9, do you have all those pieces? Do you rebuild that at some point? How does all that work? Are you storing all this stuff? Because I feel like that's just, that would be such a, a project, that, you know, to have to rebuild and put back together and store and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had that up for, gosh, I think close to a year, maybe a little more than a year, because that's how long it took me to, go through and take pictures of all the matches and mm-hmm. to build it. And, but afterwards, yeah, I did tear it down. I have it all saved and stored, so I can put it up if I choose to. Um, out of all the setups I have, that one is the most intense because there's the most like, different intricate pieces that I have to put on sure. to get it up. So can I put it up again? Yeah. Will I? Maybe. I'm definitely going to hold on to it because of the work that I put into it so that I can put it up again if I choose to. But the truth is, it was a bittersweet thing. Um, it was hard for me to take it down because I put so much into it, and I was so happy with how it turned out. But I was also ready. I mean, I was tired of the event. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Nobody needs a year of WrestleMania not. Well, and, and that's and that's the interesting thing, right, is because there, anytime you set one up, you I don't I don't know your, your space that you have them in. You probably can't have six of them set up at once, right? So you, you set up, you tear down and store and then set up the next one and so on, right? Right, yeah. I, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of space. I have two setups right now. I have the double ring crockett set up and I have the uh, the Raw's War Attitude Era set oh, up with the Titans. Very nice. Um, any sneak peeks of, are you working on anything new at the moment? I am um, working isn't the best word for it. So since I spoke to you last, my wife and I had our first child. He's 10 months old now. Congratulations on that. I just saw some pictures you posted the other day. Very cool. Yeah. So that has taken up a lot of my time, but I do have aspirations to build a new set. And for probably about six months now, I've been thinking about it and thinking of the plans of how I'm going to execute it. And I have probably 95% of the plans inside my mind. I just haven't done it yet. Um, but the idea that I'd like to do is I'd like to recreate the Manhattan Center. 
Ooh, that's a fun one. Yeah. That that's that's so, a fun one. Yeah, cuz like like the original like old raw set, right? Right, exactly. So the reasons why is well, one, I think I've figured out how I can do it and how I can make it look close enough to where someone's going to look at a photo and say, "Hey, I know what that is." Yeah. Um but unlike WrestleMania 9, it's something that's going to have some longevity too. Mm-hmm. You know? I can take a lot of pictures of things that happened on Raw or things that hypothetically could have happened on Sure. Raw. Well, I mean, Whereas, there's so many moments in that era, right? Because I think they went back and forth to that building a lot in like 93 to 90, what, 6 or 7? Right, right. And I'm like, WrestleMania Diamond, I'm restricted to kind of recreating what happened. Yeah. Here I can recreate things, but I can also do what-ifs, you know, or things that could have happened in the era. Let's see. I I love the the what if aspect because I think actually with the WrestleMania nine, didn't you also do like Tito Santana versus Papa Shango, which was like the dark match? Yes, at the end I did I did the dark match. Which I mean, I I'm like man, I would have, I wish that was on the show. I'm a big Tito fan, so that would have been fun. But yeah, it's just it's one of those cool things of all the little things that you can do with that, which I think is I think makes it makes it really fun, but. I'm a firm believer and we all need something that kind of, you know, whatever it is to unwind or just kind of have a project. And I think this is a cool thing. It's, you know, I almost like building like a model car, right? Except it's a, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are into like model trains, model railroads. Well, sure. I'm into, I'm into model arenas. Okay. It's the same thing, just a different scale. But I mean, you talk about, the idea of you know it's fake and being harassed as a wrestling fan. Well, there's a level above that when you're a wrestling fan who actively purchases, buys, collects, and plays with toys. <laughs> yes. You know. Is that is that something people like in your personal life are aware of, or do you kind of keep that kind of close to the vest? Um, it depends. Like at first, like people that don't know me, that don't know me well. It's not the first thing that I open up and say, hey, I'm Nate. I like playing with toys in my basement sometimes. <laughs> right. You know, just share but, that I information. Mean, right, exactly. I'm at the age where I'm like, I'm not trying to hide it from anybody either. I yeah. keep it out of my professional life because my professional life doesn't need to know anything about my personal life. But I agree, yeah. My friends, my family, my extended family, they know what I do, and I have no shame about it. I mean, there was a time... There was a time when I'd go to Toys R Us and they would say, would you like a gift receipt with that? And I'd say yes. But then I grew up and I started to say no. I said, no, this is for me. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and of course, the gift receipt being this is a birthday gift. But I mean, like, it's one of those things like. At a certain point, there's only so many people that work at Toys R Us, and like, how many birthday gifts is this guy buying? You know, so <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Um, it's I, I still think there's probably like that slight thing about it that that could be, I guess, maybe is embarrassing. I feel like honestly, Jeff and Scott bridged that a lot, and they've kind of opened this collecting world up to where it's like this is a community of people that all kind of can put out there like yeah we collect and we think it's fun and it's like yeah why not like what's like i i you know i'm sure you saw i posted the other day i found all my old hasbros in my parents attic 
and I've kind of been going through all those and posting pictures and stuff. And, you know, everyone's been like, dude, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. You found those. Like, it's never, none of it's been negative. And in reality, like, who cares? Like, who cares if, if I want to collect these, it's not hurting anybody. I, I think it's fun. And, and you know, the truth is, no, go ahead. eventually we, we all have to face our own hypocrisy, you know? Yeah. What I'm doing, it's play. But what a lot of other people are doing is play, too. Someone that likes watching football, that's play. Yeah. Actually, that's different than play. They're watching somebody else play, okay? But it's all around play, whether you're playing football or watching football or playing video games or playing toys or collecting toys. It's all play. It's all an escape from your reality. It's it's fun and it's harmless and, I don't know, get over it. It's, it's almost like if you bought video games as opposed to action figures, like, oh, these aren't toys, these are video games. Like, no, they're still toys because you're playing it. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah, they're virtual toys. Right. I mean, so I've never, I've never personally understood that. But, you know, um, I also, too, like my nephew the other day, he plays with his figures and he's seven now. And I, I absolutely love watching his creativity because we all had our certain way we played as a kid, right? Whether it was building matches or, you know, or whatever. I mean, to me, I typically just mimicked what I saw on TV and kind of went that way. I didn't use a lot of creativity till sometime later, but he has this um, little kitchen, like grocery store cash register with like the little conveyor belt on it. And, and it has a mm-hmm. mic- it has a microphone on it, and he's using that to announce the wrestlers. Nice. And I'm like, see, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. like, I didn't have something like that, and not only that, I didn't think about that. But that's when I see creativity in how he's kind of playing his own way. I'm like, that's really cool to see because you know, like think of the stuff you're doing now. Imagine what he'll be able to do as an adult if he stays kind of as a fan of this type of stuff. And I think that's really cool. Cause I'll show him pictures of your work and other figure photographers. And he's just like, that's really cool. And I'm like, it is really cool. Yeah. That's because, great. That's cool. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's just a, he's just a kid and, and why not enjoy it? You know? No, that's cool to hear because I mean, I was inspired by print ads and GI Joe commercials, seeing like the trees and the backgrounds and the set pieces that you could never buy. Exactly, because it looked and like it was an actual, that, like, war zone yeah. that they were in. It was like an actual, like, what do I want to say, like, like universe. It was an actual place or a set, whatever you want to call that, and always longing to have that. And as I grew up and learned more how to make things, I was able to make it happen for myself. But that's cool to know that other kids are seeing, like, yeah, if it doesn't exist, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good life lesson to that. Sometimes there are things that don't exist, but you can make it exist. No doubt. I mean, I look at, you know, I show him all the figures I've gotten from Jason Wolf, the custom Hasbros. And I'm just like, you know, he made these parts and painted them and put them together. Like, and he's just like, that's, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, it's super cool that that customizers of any kind, when you see the stuff that they do, it's like, man, that's, like how cool would that have been if I would have ever thought that that's possible as a kid that I can make my own stuff, you know, down the road. And, and I mean, I got inspiration from that too during the BCA days, going on different wrestling forums and seeing that people were chopping heads off, and painting things, 
turning one guy into another guy, I was like, mind blown. I'd never even consider that as a possibility. Absolutely. And I remember seeing um, my first customs probably in the BCA days because I was on the message boards and things of that nature, which was kind of how we – it was kind of like pre-Twitter, I guess, right? But yeah, but I remember seeing that and guys making like a custom. I'll never forget this one because it always made me laugh. This guy took Mark Marrow, like the wild man Mark Marrow, and mm-hmm. he, he colored in his whole body like he was wearing a a, a, a bodysuit, and it said PVD on it, and his name was Pimp Van Dam. <laughs> it was just like, man, I want a Pimp Van Dam figure. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I, that's one of those things that's so it's so fun to me that it's like, no, you could like if you if if you had marvelous Mark Marrow as the boxer, you don't need Wildman anymore. You can paint him up and make him somebody new. Like that's super fun. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I miss that aspect of it. You know, like of of seeing. St- I mean, not really miss it. I guess because we still have it on Twitter. But you know that that ability to be creative, I think, is really cool. Agreed. Yeah, it's very fulfilling. Definitely is. Um, so you know, to kind of to kind of circle back into into the wrestling world, um, what gets you excited these days, man? I know obviously as we record this, there's a lot of rumors of you know AEW and of course WWE is kind of doing some crazy things with releasing people and things of that nature. But uh, what gets you excited these days as far as your wrestling fandom? Um, I mean, sometimes it's lacking. Sometimes there aren't a lot of things, but. I was watching SmackDown recently and haven't seen it back. Watching some of his promos back and forth with Roman Reigns. There's some fun stuff there. Yeah, okay? yeah definitely. They're throwing some, some heater lines back and forth at each other, some things that are a little below the belt. and That's the stuff every once in a while. Wrestling might not always be great, but they give me enough to say, yeah, that's why I'm still watching. Yeah. Well, so that's some of the stuff I've been recently. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the important stuff, right? I mean, I think with the attitude era, I, I think oftentimes we um, we romanticize how good it was because I've rewatched some of it. it. It wasn't as good as we all think it was. I think I think it was one of those things where wrestling was hot and you had some great primetime characters, but. You know, I, I remember rewatching the episode of, of Raw where Stone Cold got in Mike Tyson's face. That that moment is super iconic. We'll all always remember, you know, and I always got a little bit of sign language and here's to you. And then, you know, Tyson pushes him and then the brawl starts and it makes mainstream news. Well, the Truth Commission was on that episode of Raw. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> I watching it. It blew my mind. I'm like, how was that the same show? Like that is mind blowing to me that. That much different stuff was happening, and you know, and it's like I don't even remember that probably because I was watching Nitro, because, and I turned you know to Raw when Stone Cold came out. That's the variety show of wrestling. Yeah, every everything on the show can't be a home run hit. It'd get boring, you know. True. Yeah. You go to you go out to a nice meal. Do you want them to serve you a caviar with every every course? No, you don't. You want to have variety. You want to have some different stuff. But about two years ago, I went back and I started watching the TVs starting in 1982. And I'm up to about 86 now. And I can tell you, we all looked back 
with rose-colored lenses. Not that there isn't good stuff then, but there's a lot of boring and bad stuff and sure. stuff that would be considered distasteful now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also think, and this is such a weird thing, but I remember back in the day um, playing baseball a lot and missing a lot of Monday Night Raw because that's when usually my games were. And so I, yeah, I know it's horrible, and <laughs> and I remember uh, watching a lot of the recap shows on Saturday mornings, which would basically tell you everything that happened on Raw, and you kind of catch you up on stuff. But remember, thinking like, man, I really want to watch the full episodes. Mm-hmm. As I look at it now as an adult, I'm like, man, those recap shows would be kind of nice now, wouldn't they? <laughs> you know, where it's like they ba- they basically capsize everything that you need to know, and you're caught up, and it's. And I and I still think to this day a big reason why wrestling was so hot in the Monday Night era is because nobody was watching a full show. Because if you tried to watch a full Raw, full Nitro, or whatever, it probably wouldn't be as exciting. You're almost catching clips, right? And so you get caught up. You're watching Stone Cold. Oh, that's over. What's happening over here? Oh, Sting's coming out. You know, I got to see that. Okay, that's done. Let's click it back over. You know, oh, Mankind's coming out. What's he doing? It always kept us interested because it was almost like nonstop the whole time. Yeah, no, you're onto something. You're absolutely right. We're going back and forth, and we're getting little moments here and there. And that was part of the excitement. Yeah, it, it just such it was such a an interesting time. Like I remember, I had a good buddy in sixth grade who was a wrestling fan, and we would be watching Raw and call each other on the phone. Uh-huh. Like, Yo, did you see what happened? Did you see Cactus Jack did that. Oh man, that was so cool. We'd hang up. Something else would come come up on the screen he'd call me back like oh did you see that like all that like it was just it made us but it made it exciting to be a fan because he was as into it as i was and you know of course what ended up happening around ninth grade he's not a fan anymore because wrestling's not hot and it's just like like how like how are you not a fan anymore like this is (laughs) it's it's still wrestling like what's going on here but it's just i don't know it's always been so interesting to me how you know, how people kind of come in and out of it because I've always been a fan, you know, and I know people that do come in and out of it, but it's just, there's a lot with wrestling that I will, I will always just sit back and, and enjoy to some degree. There's, there's always enough to keep it going. I mean, it's like that, that old pizza analogy. Yes. That even when it's bad, it's still pizza. You right. Know? Right. Yeah, and, exactly. Like little Caesars. <laughs> I always go to that one because it's not the best pizza, but it's still pizza. Yeah. At the end of the day, you want pizza. That's going to, that's going to satisfy your craving. Definitely, man. Well, um, I don't want to keep you here all night, Nate. It's been a lot of a lot of fun catching up with you, kind of talking all kinds of stuff. Um, I know you're on Twitter at Ring Skirts. Uh, I believe you have Instagram as well. At, yep, that's the same at Ring Skirts across the board. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. I'm easy to find. Very cool. Um, anything uh, Anything you want to plug before we get out of here, man? Um. The only thing is, if people are interested in having custom ring skirts made, you can reach out to me. I do that when I have the time. So I'm happy to help you out. So if that were the case, you can make. Can you make ring skirts of anything? I mean, or how does that work? The, the way I say it is, if you can send me a logo, I can probably put it on something. Oh, very nice, very nice. I'm not a graphic. I'm not a graphic designer by any means, but if you have something, or if you know someone that is, send it on over. I do. I've done a lot of things for people's. Fig feds and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, I guess that's where the name Ring Skirts comes from, right? <laughs> that's where it comes from, yeah. Very cool. Well, and, I, and I've seen a lot of the stuff you've done, obviously, which is not 
ring skirts you can buy online. So um, some definitely some cool stuff there. So check that out. Uh, give him a follow on the social media. And, uh, Nate, hopefully we can do this again down the road, man. Being a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good night, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here to close out the show this week on You Know It's Fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. Uh, big shout-out to Nate from Ring Skirts for joining me this week. Always fun to talk with Nate. And like I said, I, I think he'll be on again down the road, uh, probably sooner rather than later. And again, not planned, he uh, he will be on the TV Toycast this coming week. We actually, Also, I forgot to mention this, we also recorded like a special interview with him for the TV Toycast. But if you follow that show, we actually just did a special interview with, uh, with Travis's friend Ryan to discuss his comic book project. So I don't like to overdo the show, if that makes sense. I like bonus episodes. I think some people do as well. But I don't want it to become so much that people can't keep up with it. So there'll be a bonus episode with Nate from Ring Skirts coming up soon on the TB Toycast. And I, I believe we're going to try to get uh, Jason Wolf on again as well to, to discuss his, uh, his Chop Shop and the updates he's going to have with the Chop Shop, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, but next week, my guest for episode 45, which is kind of a kind of crazy. We were wrapping up year one here. I'm actually already starting to record some interviews for year two. Got one recorded just last week, which is going to be a fun one. Uh, but this uh, this coming week will be uh, Stonewall Trey Cole. I've talked with Trey before. He's been on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. It's been, but it's been a few years. I think it was like 2017, the last time we talked. And, you know, Trey, interestingly enough, great guy. He's kind of left the business um, in the last couple of years has a kid now and is kind of you know just being a family man but you know when I first saw him in wrestling I was like this guy doesn't know who he is and then like little by little I kind of started seeing him find himself and then he became a pretty good hand in the ring and that was um that was a cool thing to see and we kind of discuss we kind of dive into all of that and you know maybe bad decisions he made in wrestling and and things like that and trying to figure out who he was and just all these different aspects of the wrestling business that um, that is told from different perspectives. And, you know, like I've said, that's one thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get, you know, Stonewall, Trey Cole, he's a wrestler. Nate is a figure photographer. Uh, my guest, um, you know, 43, was Handsome Jack Legacy. He was a wrestler. Rad Chad, he's a fig lifer and a wrestling fan. So I'm always trying to go after different people from different backgrounds and uh, get their thoughts on it. You know, you know, it's fake, right? And because we all have an opinion, we've all heard it. And I think that is what makes this show very unique. And, and I've enjoyed doing it. And I, I really enjoy the people that uh, have taken the time to check it out because I think that's what it's about is uh, hearing these different stories from these different individuals and their journeys in the world of pro wrestling. But Anyway, uh, it's daylight savings time as I record this. So I actually gained an hour, which was great. Because I don't know if you guys are like that. I can never remember if I gain or lose an hour. Um, I do know it's 8 o'clock on Sunday evening, and it is dark outside. And it just it doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it should be that dark. But that's the that's losing the daylight, you know. It kind of stinks. You're falling back, I guess they say. But it's the winter months. It's the way it goes. Uh, but thank you guys for checking out this show. Make sure to check out my other podcast with Bane, uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, every Sunday. 
the TB Toycast every Thursday. And then, of course, my podcasting buddies. I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm going to try to do this off memory, but Fully Posable, the Wrestling Figure Podcast with Jeff and Scott, uh, and Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History, Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric, um, the Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson, the Ringside Rant with RJ, uh, Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Kaylin, which is one of my favorites. Boots to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Oh, let's see. I know there's more. I'm, I'm Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. There's another one. Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast with our pal Richard and his friend Matt discussing horror films, which is so much fun. Which, speaking of that, Richard, I just watched Child's Play 2 the other day. Um, mostly because it scared me to death as a kid, and I haven't seen it in years. This is, like, directly to you. I don't know why I'm doing this, but it's funny. Um... It's been so long since I've seen it. I only vividly remembered one scene, and that's the scene where the uh, the machine puts the eyes into the doll, and the dude dreading up, and they put the eyes in him. And I was like, ah, I do remember that. Totally campy. I'm not sure why it scared me as a kid, but for some reason, Chucky scared me. <laughs> but actually kind of fun to watch it. Almost more of a comedy than a horror film, so fun stuff there. So check out Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast. Catching up with Aaron and Daniel with my buddy Aaron Anders. Um, I think that is it. Did I miss anybody? I apologize if I did. Ooh, wreck my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. So I think that mo- that's mostly everybody. If I missed you, I apologize. It's not on purpose. I'm trying to have, record this on the go using a little bit different equipment than normal. So um, I can make sure I have an episode in the morning. But that is all I have got at this time. Um, like I said, you know, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, the TB Toycast. All the other stuff we've got, our t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, bbph.redbubble.com, and whatamaneuver.net, search by store for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, or the TV Toycast. And Big Underscore Bane has a shirt store there as well, but also, more more so than that, a lot of our podcasting buddies have shirt stores at Whatamaneuver, so you can kind of support everybody in one foul swoop if you choose to, so definitely check all of that out. Thank you for checking out You Know It's Fake Right, and remember, as the great Johnny Valentine once said... I cannot make you believe that pro wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, Right? And we'll see you guys next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute, and I can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics, they talk a lot, but at the end of the night, I'm selling the tickets. All the tough guys avoid me, the ladies all adore me, paparazzi record me, I can put on a clinic, all my opposers are born.